Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. So if you would let us read some scripture together, we're going to take a look at a couple of different scriptures that have to do, or that we'll talk about, that we'll review today in talking about the reign of Christ. So first off, Daniel, chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, 13 through 14. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothes were white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousands and thousands served him, and ten thousands times ten thousand stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I watched as the night visions. I saw one like a human being coming with the cloud of heaven, and he came to the ancient one and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed our new testament lesson revelation chapter one grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and makes us to be a kingdom priests serving his god and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen look he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail so it is to be amen i am the alpha and omega says the lord who is and who was and who is to come the almighty In our gospel lesson this morning, John 18, 33-37. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of God for we the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we thank you for this day in which we can gather in this place to worship you and to search the scriptures, to be in a crowd and proclaim you as our King of kings and our Lord of lords. And today, as we look at scripture, we ask that your Holy Spirit move in and among us, change our hearts to reflect your reign. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. At the end of each year, it's a good time to do a little bit of reflection and set some goals for the next year. We typically do this on the New Year's Eve. 
We say, I want to do X, Y, and Z the next year. And then we move forward to planning and hoping that we achieve those goals. And so it is kind of today. It's a day of reflection over the past Christian year to see where we're at and and what's going on in our spiritual lives. And so I want us to kind of do that today as we look at Christ the King Sunday. And we celebrate the reign of Christ. I've always thought that this was kind of an interesting Sunday to celebrate the reign of Christ because, in fact, we name that Christ is Lord each and every Sunday. In this service, we offer up petitions or requests for prayer as we pray. And at the end of each request, we say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Last week, we got to celebrate the baptism of Ryden Robbins, and during that time of worship, you, the crowd, was asked a question. The question was, do you believe in Jesus, or who is Jesus? And your response was, we believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, who is our Lord. At the 8 o'clock service and the 11 o'clock service, they say the affirmation of faith each and every Sunday in which this same phrase is there, we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. So why have a specific Sunday to celebrate the reign of Christ? And that is a good question, and I think questions are quite interesting. I think questions kind of live on this scale, uh, like if you kind of picture this long scale in front of us. First we have these questions that are mundane, they're kind of boring, but we engage in these questions each and every day for the logistical purposes of life, okay? And these questions come often. Do I have a pen? May I borrow a pen? Can I get that door for you? Would you like cheese on your hamburger, right? These aren't very important questions, but we engage in these questions often as we go through the logistical components of our daily life, day in and day out. And then we have these questions that are kind of in the center of the spectrum, these questions that hold a little bit heavier value within our life. Perhaps somebody in your family has been ill for a while and you want to check on them, so you call them and you say, hey, how are you doing? For those of you who are breaking now for the holiday season, perhaps you had a test on Friday and earlier that week in preparing for that test, the teacher asked you a pretty heavy question. Are you ready for this test? Is there anything that we need to go over? Or even perhaps if you are traveling right now and you're joining us online, you gathered in the car and you loaded the car up and you asked each other, did we lock the doors? So these are a little bit heavier questions that don't come every day, but they come often. And then on this side of the spectrum, we have these these boulder of questions. These questions that need time for processing, that need time for consideration, that really call for a well-formulated answer because... These questions on this side of the spectrum are life-changing. And they don't occur very often. They're questions like, will you marry me? Are we ready to purchase our first house? Are we ready for a family? What will we name our kids? Is it time to make decisions for our parents? Day-in, day-out questions often heavier questions once in a while, and life-changing questions that occur rarely throughout our lifetime, perhaps once, twice, 
three or four times a year or our lifetime. When we read the gospel according to John, we, we come to this scene where Jesus is asked a question. Because Jesus is on trial. And the trial for this time frame, the Roman way of processing uh, logistical thing components of, of, of holding trials is a little bit muddy. They've been developing this practice over centuries from where crowds gathered around and they just said, he's guilty or she's guilty and let's, let's make the crowd decision. They even developed over the next couple of hundred years ways to engage in a jury, that there was a group of people that were working with the crowd to make decisions. And then finally we come to this time frame where you have a Caesar who is the ultimate authority on all decisions that have to do with the court systems. Now, Caesar can't be everywhere, especially in these far-off areas like Jerusalem where Jesus is having trial or Jesus is put to trial. And so Caesar has people in his stead that make these final decisions for the court systems. Particularly in our story this morning, it's, it's Pilate. It's Pilate. And when you get to these provisional areas over here where you have places that are way far away from Rome, the jurisdiction is, is really muddy because you have components as religious practices, you have... Um, the governing components of the culture, and you have this overbearing empire that is in engaging in the life of this culture that's far away from Rome. And so there are different rules that different bodies of, of the governing society can address. And so Jesus finds himself before the high priest, the religious authorities first, and then an accusation is given about Jesus. And they have to take him to Pilate, because the accusation is that Jesus claims to be king. Another authority component to that is, is that the religious uh, rulers and the religious sector could not put anybody to death for political purpose. That was the emperor's job. And so it was Pilate who had final authority to put anyone to death that might be uh, going against the rule, and the, the, the rule of the empire. And so this conversation takes place. The crowd brings Jesus to Pilate and says, something's going on, we need you to take care of this. And Pilate says, I don't have time for this, you deal with it. But the Jews remind Pilate that that's out of their wheelhouse, that they don't have the authority to put Jesus to death just because Jesus says he's king. And Pilate knows this. So Pilate ponders this for a second, Pilate goes inside, leaves the crowd, and he calls Jesus to him. And Pilate's there face to face with Jesus, and he asks Jesus a question. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? The crowd didn't have the power to put Jesus to death because of this accusation, but Pilate did. Pilate held that power. And Pilate would put anybody to death who planned to create an uprising against Rome. So Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And as they stood there face to face, Pilate and Jesus, all that they could hear was the echoes of the restless crowd outside. Jesus does not either admit nor deny that accusation, as was his right in their court systems. But rather, Jesus asked Pilate a question. Jesus asked Pilate a question. 
do you say this or do you ask this on your own? Or are you asking me this because the crowds told you this? Is it the crowds that say, I am king, or are you wanting to know who I really am? In reading John's dramatic telling of this exchange between Pilate and Jesus, I can't help but think of another time in which Jesus references another crowd to ask a question. Of course, this crowd was a little bit nicer than the one that we have where Pilate is addressing Jesus. You see, Jesus was among the crowd with the disciples, and Jesus takes the disciples aside. And he says to the disciples, he asks them, Who who do they say I am? And of course the disciples say, they say you're a teacher. They say you're Elijah, perhaps Moses, perhaps a prophet. Then Jesus asks them a life-changing question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Of course, Simon Peter answers him, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. You are God. In the scriptures that we looked at this morning, we read of the reign, the kingdom of God. In Daniel, in that ancient writing, we read of the miraculous saving work that God does. In that passage, we heard that God shows up and sits on a throne, that God dissolves all earthly kingdoms. And if we read deeper into that text, we find a hope that's there. The hope that God dissolves cycles of empires who oppress others. And then God brings about the kingdom, the rule, the reign of the divine. We then read a scripture from Revelation, and that is singular. It is one revelation, not revelations. And the revelation, the idea that we read about is built on this belief that God's sphere of being, that God's domain, that God's kingdom and our earthly kingdom where we reside, where we see oppression, where we see hate, where we see destruction, where we see brokenness, are not separated by this extreme gulf. Rather, that they are merging together. They're meeting and merging and melting into one another in various ways. So this revelation, this idea, this thought was written in a time when Caesar, the Roman emperor, was large and in charge. And you see, people all over the world were building these huge temples in hopes to show Caesar that, that we love you, we support you, right? It was a form even of worship that we submit to your reign, And this revelation, this idea that was written that we read was to go against that. It was to say, no, that there's the divine sphere and that there's our sphere that's coming together, that God's bringing about God's kingdom, God's reign. And it's not Caesar that's doing this, but it's Jesus. It's Jesus, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Each Sunday, we have the opportunity to be here in a crowd. We have an opportunity to be a crowd that proclaims Jesus is Lord. And today we get to do that with Christians all over the world. We get to celebrate Christ's reign, saying that we believe and trust in Jesus, and we lean into the future that God has promised. 
So what does the reign of Christ look like? Well, we can once again look to John's Gospel where Jesus is there before Pilate. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, was on trial, facing death. And instead of denying or affirming the accusations that were brought before him, instead of walking away from the pain and persecution and death that would soon follow, Jesus offers space. Jesus offers space for Pilate to consider a life-changing question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? When we celebrate the reign of Christ, we are celebrating one whose loving kindness, whose servant act, whose grace is present in the most desire or most desperate of times. One whose love endures forever. That is the reign of Christ. And this is what we, as part of a crowd each Sunday, say in our affirmations of faith or proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. And it's a good thing to proclaim our faith alongside each other every week and today with those around the world saying that Jesus is Lord. But even when we find ourselves in the midst of a crowd, Jesus calls us aside. And makes space for us to reflect, to consider, and to answer a life-changing question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Is it others around you that say that I am King of King and Lord and Lords? Or do you say this as well? And This is a life-changing question. This is a boulder of a question this is one that we need to ponder on, reflect on, consider, and develop a good answer for. And unlike that scale that we talked about earlier, it's not a question that happens once or twice or just a few times in our life. It's a question that we should be addressing every moment, every hour, and every single day. Pilate dismissed Jesus' question saying, this has nothing to do with me. But even so, Christ continued the work that Christ came to do to establish his reign. Like Pilate, who we say Jesus is doesn't change who Jesus is. I'll say that again. Who we say Jesus is doesn't change who Jesus is. But who we say Jesus is can change us. If we say that Jesus is love, we are changed to love others. If we say Jesus is welcoming, we are changed to welcome the others. If we say Jesus is Lord, that means every decision that we make is one that reflects God's grace. That's why it's a life-changing decision. Because when we make that decision to follow Christ, to say that Christ reigns over my life, it doesn't just change our lives. It changes those around us. It changes those closest to us who see God's grace being emitted through our actions, our words, and our deeds. And it touches the lives of those beyond them and their friends and their friends to make that decision is a life-changing decision for us and for the world. It's a life-changing decision for today, tomorrow, and for eternity in which Christ will always reign. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.
God, we thank you for this space which we look over the past year and we look forward to the, the Christian year to come. And the work that you are doing within that year, within our lives, revealing hope, revealing your kingdom, revealing the work that you would have us do in following you and living into that reign. So that when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are a part of that. God, we thank you for the season of thanksgiving. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Son, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparagold.org. May God bless you this week.